In today's episode, we're speaking to Mark Myers. Mark served in the Marines for eight plus years and received the Distinguished Medal Award and Robert A. Met Award for Outstanding Leadership. Today, he is a founder and the CEO of Peak Profit Solutions, a financial services company that for 15 plus years has helped thousands of business owners permanently reduce their tax bills on average of 50% without replacing their CPAs or financial investment advisors. So let's speak to Mark and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today, I'm so excited. We have the one and only Mark Myers. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Gul. Really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today, Mark. Mark, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. I, you know, that's a great question. I am a tax savings architect. So I help people reduce that nasty little burden they have, uh, you know, once per year. And do it legally, right? There's a lot of ways to reduce your tax. So that's where what I focus on is helping people keep a lot more of what they work really hard for and paying. Uh, my motto is don't pay retail, pay wholesale. So tax saving is that. really an integral part. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, don't pay retail, pay wholesale. Everyone wants to the savings, don't they, in that, in that regard? So let me ask you, Mark, how did it all begin with you? I suppose no one ever, as a, as a child, grows up thinking I'm going to become a, a tax specialist. I know oh, that wasn't my dream job. But how, how did it all end up for you? How did you, you know, come into this field? Yeah, great question. You know, interestingly, growing up, I was athletic. I went to school for exercise physiology. I got my master's degree in sports management. Oh, wow. So people ask me, how are you now? you know, helping people reduce their taxes. So it was a journey that I went on, but essentially after managing high-end health clubs in New York City and Los Angeles and really understanding how to drive revenue, reduce expenses, increase EBITDA margins, I really became financially minded. I really became owner-operator minded. So that started my journey into consulting and I started consulting with business owners. And what I found over the last decade is that most business owners and also in general, high-income earners in general, don't understand that one of their profit centers is taxes. If they can mm-hmm. focus more on reducing their tax, they would basically open up an entirely new profit center. So that was essentially how I kind of back ended into this. It's interesting. Uh, you know, I never thought I would ever be talking to, about taxes to people. That's for sure. So let me get this right. So you were you were reading to sports in in the high school. I think you know at one point you mentioned the fact that you know you you, you played basketball and stuff, and then. Um, so you, you didn't do an accounts degree? You, you went straight, or did you come back and do it at a later stage? I'm trying to figure it out. So you know, what, you know, what, what pushed you into this? Exactly. So a lot of times people ask, are you, are you a tax attorney? Did you, you have, are you a CPA? Are you an enrolled agent? Are you a financial advisor? And all to all those questions, I say, no. My educational background mm-hmm. is sports management. I got my master's degree in sports management, but I got my uh, on-the-job training with running 
multiple locations of high-end health clubs. And it's all about understanding the P&L. It's all about driving the profit centers, managing the expenses, and essentially creating more profit per center. So that was really where my education came. And uh, interestingly enough, most of my business comes from CPAs and tax attorneys. They refer me business and also financial advisors, but I'm none of them. And a lot of it is because I don't step on their toes. I'm not, as a CPA, I'm not doing trying to do anyone's accounting work or bookkeeping work or tax mm-hmm. preparation work or tax filing work. As a finan- I'm not telling people how to manage their money. So financial advisors love me. CPAs love me generally because I'm helping their highest, their best, their, their clients that are the, have the biggest tax problems reduce that burden. Okay. And so talk me through. So are you now, uh, you run your own company now? I do. Okay. I do. So you transitioned successfully, by my I add, from being an employee to being uh, self-employed and, and now I'm assuming you employ other people and have a team of people working with you. So talk us through that transition. So if you've gone in, if, you, if, you've, if you've developed in the, in the sports world and you've gone in into, doesn't matter what role, but the employment role, and you were very successful at it, how... When or how did you how did you transition up? And when did you start thinking of you know okay I can work for myself? A lot of people have that dream, but it's just that it's a dream to actually make it a reality and to take action on it. It's a it's a whole new uh, ball game, and it requires risk. And funny enough, because I mean as a money mindset person, I get a lot of accountants as my clients, a lot of them, right? And I tell you, they these people are geniuses with other people's money and absolutely appalling with their own. And I know the reason why. It's just, it's the mindset, it's an energy <laughs> thing. So I understand completely why. They're baffled by it. So, and they they are the one, they are the worst people to start a business. My, my, my experience of them anyway, they, they mess up so many times, even if they are, if they do take risk. So how did you, um, you know, going for actually transition over quite successfully, talk us through that. You know, it's interesting, you know, I think most people have read, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Yeah. So that's a pretty common book yeah. for a lot of people. And uh, growing up, you know, I, I didn't necessarily have Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but my um, parents um, divorced when I was really young. Mm. So I had two sets of families, you know, I had my mom, my stepdad, and my dad, and my stepmom, and then, of course, the two sets of grandparents, the four sets mm. of grand. I mean, it was really great around the holidays. <laughs> I can have a show, um, yeah. <laughs> but the... um you know, the net result was um, I saw two pictures like my my father was very uh, he was like an executive in a telephone company who was with the company for 37 years. You know, he was like the three stars, four stars, five stars. When you look at your badge, you know how many stars you have for your time and grade. And he just he was a great planner with regard to, you know, this is how much we have coming in. This is my next, uh, you know, my next promotion, et cetera. And then I saw my stepdad on the other side, who was a general contractor and developer. And he was always wheeling, dealing, buying land, selling land, buying this farm, cutting it into, you know, parcels, building spec homes, you know, built, you know, so I got to see the entrepreneur side growing up and also the executive kind of focused, more structured side. And I always lean more towards the entrepreneurial side. So I got to learn from both growing up. And I think that I, I got a taste of the exec. You know, I was never truly an executive at the health club company I worked with, but I did run the the stores. Like they had always had a manager that would run the store, and they were responsible for everything, mm-hmm. everything, right? So I was like an owner operator. Um, so that's really what I really understood how to run a business by opening up these locations and and running these club companies 
in the large metropolis cities because I was responsible for the profitability of the store. And I was actually bonused on that as well. So I really got to know quickly, like, okay, if this pro- if this store doesn't uh, produce profit and successfully produce profit, then I'm not making a lot of money. So that was really important to me. <laughs> so that that's actually very, very handy. So you got to see both sides of it. A lot of people have read the book, but there are, I think a few actually understand it and even a few actually implement the principles. And, uh, and I remember when I... I think you. I think you also have uh, an affinity towards leaning towards one or the other. I, I think, and as I've as I've got older, I think why don't more people want to do the business? But because some people are just not designed for it. I think they they are designed for to work in a certain a certain way, uh, and risk averse or risk appetite being one of the major factors. I mean, I I think I'll make a terrible employee. Oh my god, I wouldn't employ me. Seriously, wouldn't employ me. But I am a damn good business person, and I you know that's probably the reason why the secret to my success. Uh, somebody want to come and employ me? Bloody hell, don't. <laughs> um, but I have people who are absolutely fantastic people in my team, and but they would make terrible business owners. Absolutely awful. Um, and so this is why I think both people to combined, I'm not better than my team members and they're not better than I, but together as a team, we work well. I think this is very important when you know who you are and know your skill sets and are, um, you know, and appreciate it. But still, uh, if you are starting off as an employee, as an employee, and yes, you, ha- I think you're the taste of it by because bonus is, is, is bonus. You know, if you're, if your income is related to bonus, you, you perform better. Still taking the, taking the time to actually think, okay, no, now I'm going to be on my own two feet and I'm going to be responsible for the livelihood for myself, my family, and then my employees. It's a major step. And I think we underestimate that the, the courage it takes to take a leap of faith of like that. How did you, when you decide to go and have your own business, how did you, and I'm asking this question for a reason, right? Because a lot of people listening to this podcast would be in the same boat thinking, I want to take a leap of faith, but oh, I've got bills to pay and I've got, you know, my kids have this and, and so most of these have, have like yourself kind of lifestyle that they're used to you know because they're executives and they make a lot of money and stuff and so they think you know i don't i can't it's not just me stepping down my family to think about and so taking that leap of faith requires financial adjustment so how did you plan for it did you have a plan in motion do you have an exit strategy how did you plan for it yeah great question i would say uh you know initially my plan was to lean on my my spouse who was working at the time and to just downsize everything okay. and say, I can make this transition. Because what I did was I left the club company industry. I left, you know, a job that was paying quite well Yeah. and said, I'm going to go into consulting. And because I understand how business owners think, that's who my focus is, right? And interestingly enough, I did that in 2007, 2008. And it wasn't a great time to be focusing on finances. <laughs> and also, I I, the way that I did this... It was horrible. I mean, it was, uh, you know, the the subprime, you know, bubble popped and it was just, yeah. everybody, I mean. Oh, so yeah. I remember I the, the, the crash of 2007, 2008. Yes. I remember it all too well. I had property. which <laughs> It was uh, not a good time for me yeah. to take, uh, go away from a, a, a position that was paying me quite well and to start consulting with business owners that were struggling. And also, I didn't, I just, I, you know, because I was so, I think I was overly confident. You know, I wouldn't say egotistical, but I thought that I, I couldn't lose, right? Because I was so good at everything I had done at that point. Athlete, athletics, sports, you know, finishing my undergrad and master's degree. I mean, I worked as a graduate assistant at the University of Florida and ran all their sport programs and and workout, you know, their strength and conditioning programs. And then I went to New York and I was running these big fancy uh, fitness clubs. I don't know if you've heard of the Equinox clubs, but they're, there's a nice Equinox in London, actually. Helped them open a lot of clubs. 
And basically what, uh, when I transitioned over, I felt like I was just going to win. I didn't need to go work with any other organization, even though it was a completely new skill set for me, right? I'm going to go into consulting with business owners and start. And initially I was looking, working on insurance. I was like high level insurance plays like buy, sell, you know, key man, premium finance, all these different insurance products that you can't get from your average insurance provider. Um, but I decided not to go work with a company, not to find uh, a men, you know, a mentor and just do it myself. And I'll tell you that, the timing and trying to do it yourself crashed. So my, oh. my wife actually, she said, hey, we're having our first baby. And I was like, oh. fantastic. So now <laughs> she couldn't work. She couldn't work. And I was struggling on my side. So what did I have to do? For a couple of years, I had to go back into the, into, the into the fitness and wellness industry, which was fine because the good news is I'd never burned bridges and they welcomed me back, Equinox and then another club company. And I started working for them for a couple of years before I could transition back in a second time. And so how do you do things differently second time around? Well, you know, I actually did a lot more work under mentors prior to relaunching. So essentially, I found an insurance expert. I found some tax attorneys. I found other CPAs that I could learn from and essentially work in their structure. Although, because I'm not a good employee, as you mentioned, you know, even though I was, I think I did well in the in the club company environment, I was always the one that was kind of bucking the system a bit. Like, oh, we should be doing it this way, not that way. You know, this is, you know, and I was always trying to do things a little bit differently. And they, I would say they were successful, but, you know, they were a lot of times frowned upon by, you know, the VPs or the even yeah. the you know, COO, CEO, like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You need to be doing it this way. But I do like your numbers. <laughs> I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Okay, so that's so, and and what else? So what else? Apart from mentoring, what else did you did you plan? Find did you make a financial plan? Do you have an exit strategy again? Okay, I'm going to come back out, and this time I'm going to do this differently. Do you have a plan for that? Yeah. So this is interesting, and of course, this might be applicable to others, especially if you're. Well, this it doesn't mean that you're if you're changing industries, you don't have to change. But what I did was I backed out of the club company industry. But I utilized my ability because I had an exercise physiology background. I had a sports management background. I understood the the one-to-one training element. And in growing, I did have certifications, et cetera. So what I did was I went back to just training. I'm like, I can actually personal train early in the mornings hmm. or a little bit in the evenings. I can do it on the weekends. And that's going to give me a little base of income just to get past that little pain point. So I guess what I'm saying is, I had a part-time job while I was basically building my full-time, you know, business. And once I finally got to the point where I had consistent income in my full-time business, then of course I stopped doing my early morning part-time work and my evening part-time work and my weekend part-time work. But that was really, you know, it was a lot of a lot of struggles through that time, but it worked out really well. But it paid off. I mean, I, when I'm listening to them smiling, because what you've described is no different to many other people. You go without mentors, you are, even if the crash didn't happen, I don't see, I, I mean, it's very rare for someone to to hit, you know, a sixer, as we say, you know, at the, at the ballpark. It, it, it tends to be, you get no balls, plenty of those, and you in flat ones as well. 
I'm using sports analogy because per you're a sports person, I suppose. But I, you know, I uh, when I when I go to um, you know, my my son plays a lot of cricket. When I go and watch his, uh, of course, he's a brown person, so he would play cricket. Just just throw that in there because right? he's um, not being really racist, but we, you know, all brown people love cricket, most of them anyway. Um, so I, I go to watch his cricket matches and stuff, and and I, I see them. And if I see individuals, that's how we are. It, it doesn't matter what area you're in. You're, you are this, this person who's trying to learn this new skill set. And yes, you have to be in the game, so they have those matches. But a lot of the times they have to train. And they're in there with the coaches learning to bowl fast, turn, I don't know what rubbish they do, and, you know, and bat like this and do that. And I'm using this analogy because that analogy works in every area of your life, in professional one especially, because when you are learning a new skill set, it's not just the fact that you have, you have some talents, but those talents have to be polished. And that's what mentors do, either through employment, when you go into new employment, or when you set your business up, again, you need to have mentors for that. And you're not going to walk in there with all the skill sets. You, you know, running a business has so many other things attached to it, not just being able to do that particular task, but managing it, running the business, people skill, leadership skills, you know, foresight, financial forecast, and all those all sort of, you know, wonderful things that we don't really think about. We don't want to think about. But we have to because in order for us to have a successful business, you need to have that. And for every single aspect, you need to get a mentor or somebody who can do that work for you, either delegate it or if you want to do it yourself, then you have to learn the skills. And that's why I think that the second time around it made more sense to me because the first time around, I can I could have told you that yeah you're gonna you're gonna plummet not just because circumstances you can blame the 2007 crash but there are, there would have been people even in 2007 crash 2008 crash who've done really really well um, you know coming into their own businesses and people did people did profit really well it's finding you know the right support at the right time for doing whatever you need to do I mean this has been the major thing. So yes, you need to, uh, the the story. The takeaway for me from your story is, which is reinforced again, is have a mentor when you when you you know when you're starting something new. It will it will cut your learning time by exponentially. I can't even put a number. It won't even be half. It'd be more than that. It would be. It, will, it really will. And two, the confidence you have to stay because a lot of times when you don't have mentors, you don't have the support. You give up. A lot of people give up too quickly. And I think that if you have the support, you won't. And thirdly. Exactly, we did have an exit strategy. So some people can have a financial backup, a buffer zone, um, but I, I like your strategy better. Okay, let me have a side business. Let me do something which I, I want to do while I'm working on my passion business. And this works much better because then you carry on doing it because your, your buffer zone can finish. And then you're still going to be stressed like, oh, I've only got 50,000 there, 40,000 there, 30,000. Whereas if you have regular income coming in from something small and and that means sacrificing your evenings, your weekends, and your mornings at times, as you have. But then that's the payoff that you do for you know, building a successful business you have done now. And this is where a lot of people don't want to do it. They don't want to sacrifice their weekends and evenings. And I think that's a shame. I have run multiple businesses, and I put some of them on hold. Like my coaching has been put on hold temporarily while I work on this new business that I've started and for that business, because it's far away, I'm traveling seven to eight hours a day. I'm going in the mornings, I'm coming back in the evening because I'm not going to sacrifice my time with my children. So I'm not staying over there. Mom, kids need me. So I'm home. But I'm also working in the business. So I travel there twice a week. And that's six hours minimum travel, sometimes seven and a half, eight hours. What, you know, it's all obviously both ways coming going. People don't want to give that payment, they don't want to pay the price. So now here's my question to you after that long speech. What's your advice to people say, well, it's okay for you, go. It's okay for you, Mark. But, you know, I, I don't think I can do this. You know, I, I, I've I, got too many commitments um, and I've got this. Basically, people who make excuses because they're not willing to pay the price. What's your advice on them? 
it's kind of, kind of like future your future self versus yes. your current self. I think that it's really important for people to that feel like they're caught, whether it's on the little little mouse wheel, you know, the little rat rat, rat wheel, or most of the time they're, they're is, not. They, yeah, they're on the hamster wheel. They are. Yeah, and they and they're frustrated, and they and they essentially, but they're saying, I, "I don't have, I can't do this, I can't do that." Well, of course, if you can't do it, you're not going to, right? What is? I think there was a famous saying, like whether you think you can or you think you can't. Henry Ford, you're yeah. always if you right. Think you can, yeah, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. Simple as that. Right, but but you know, a lot of times it's looking at your future self and 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 projecting, like in ten years or fifteen, five, ten, fifteen years, do you want to be in the same place? How are you going to feel? How are you going to operate? But you look at yourself in 5, 10, 15 years and your your future self where you're ultimately where you want to be. You have the time freedom that you want. You have the lifestyle that you want. You have the, you know, you're doing what you'd like to do. So what's the bigger driver for you? Is it a future self that's stuck in that hamster wheel or your future self that's actually where you want to be? And you have to give up things to get there. I mean, there's there's in life, you're never going to get everything you desire without essentially earning it and working for it. And if you don't work for it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to lose it. I mean, you've heard the stories. I mean, I think, what is it? 90% of lottery winners end up broke oh, yeah. again within yeah. the next five years. And, and prof- professional athletes as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the just, they grow up. I mean, they're really great at what they do, but they have no idea how to manage finances. Mm-hmm. So these are where, these are times. And I'll tell you a little secret. It's not really a secret, but, you know, one of the things that really, I learned a lot from is when I was in this, window of time you know we're making a little bit of money but working on uh you know the the business and the career obviously you're always looking for ways to make a little bit more money because you know you don't have a lot especially when you're only working mornings weekends evenings you're not even working you know uh, in a full-time career well i started doing you know network marketing now i'll tell you I'm, I'm not a like i'm not a network marketing fan like i would never do network marketing again because i just over over time i i understood things that I liked about it, things I didn't like about it. But I will tell you this, almost every network marketing company has phenomenal personal growth and personal development. And they're always pushing people to break through their their limitations and work through their fears. So I picked up a lot of personal growth from these different network marketing companies that I dabbled in. Hmm. And that was actually helpful as, helpful as well. So I guess where I'm going is if someone doesn't have a, not just a mentor for their specific trade or what they want to do, but ultimately a, something to plug into that gives you more diversity of personal growth. Like, you know, obviously I think everybody's heard of Tony Robbins. I, you know, I've gone to his events before. They were strategic in kind of pushing me forward uh, and understanding how to, you know, just break through fears and drive through and, and, and focus on the important parts and, and knowing that failing is natural, right? You fail forward, right? If it, it should be failing forward, you know, the biggest successes are people that fail the most times. So those were things that I picked up along the journey. But the most important thing is the last part. So I found our creator and and our, you know, the creator of the universe, right? And I really understood that relationship. And that was the last relationship I understood after all the seeking. And he said, you know what? You don't have, you know, basically the all the pretenses you had in your mind to be this and be that and do this and do that. You don't need it. You only need one thing. And interestingly enough, when I let go of this tenseness to get to this certain point and I focused on our creator, it was interesting. Like the success just flowed. It just poured in. So it was amazing. And I was just like, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, y'all, for bringing that uh, that gift. 
you know, it took me a journey to get there, but so that's a little bit about how I've gotten to where I am now. Wonderful. I mean, I, there's a couple of points I would like to pick up on that. One, I agree with you. Fail fast, fail forward. Two things um, I have. And I don't know absolutely anyone who hasn't failed multiple times and have fallen flat on, flat on the face, honestly, back on the bum or on the face, literally. Um, and uh, humiliations involved and financial losses and tears and blood sweats and everything else is involved. But it's all part of the process. It's all part of the process. And I love that you just said about the creator because I'm I'm really, really, really spiritual. I believe nothing happens to you. Everything happens for you. And even those things you think are failure are actually your lessons and they're, they're carving your character. They're making who you are. Um, I was speaking to someone yesterday and I was... Uh, and and I, I mentioned to them that you know my 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 I'm time for this my, my history is pretty horrific my you know my in terms of my where I've been through, but I have not an ounce or even atoms worth of regret or any part of my life or have any any ill feelings towards absolutely anyone, because I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't go through those experiences. So and my failures as well, my business failures and everything, whether my fault or somebody else's fault, whoever you want to blame, it doesn't really matter. If I didn't go through those failures, I would not have the character that I do right now and the mission that I have right now. So I think you need to, you know, just reinforcing what you said, build that connection with devices energy. I agree. But I also have that idea where is where you want to go. And if you are going to fail, so what? You only, fail, you only fail at something if you stop trying. So get up and go and then have a plan. I think plans very, very important. You can't just jump without a, a plan. You know, when you, as, as Jim Rowan's always said, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. <laughs> and I completely agree with that. On that note, let's wrap this up. Um, Mark, tell us, where can we find you? How can we connect you on, on the internet? Profit Solutions, that's my website. Um, and that's a great place. You can actually pick up case studies for the type of work I do. You can actually read some testimonials. And you can also, if you ever wanted to chat, I've got a, my calendar right there. So I, I invite people to, schedule a, a short meeting just to chat particularly about their situation and and um it's a lot of fun that's the starting point for getting to know each other wonderful so if you're listening to us on the podcast the link for mark myers will be on the show notes and if you're watching it on youtube down 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 in the description section we'll have all the links that he just mentioned and we'll, we'll link him up on his social media there as well go check him out and see how he can help you well today thank you so much for being such an amazing guest mark we'll have to be back for money talkies but thank you so much for coming today Thank you so much for the invite. It's been fun. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Mark today on Friday Feature. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.